here we go. Sarah here. Welcome back to another episode of Your Fucking Welcome. Today, we are joined by Jen Sino, who is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, what she does is help women balance their hormones, rebuild their metabolism, and take charge of their body uh, with her company, Fit Period. And Jen is somebody who I have worked with uh, in a couple of different capacities in my business. And I, one of def- for sure, one of the favorite people that I've ever worked with, not just from a, you know, personality and integrity perspective, but from an action perspective, Jen is somebody who has uh, a really cool story when it comes to, she was owning a business, uh, owning a gym during the pandemic and obviously got shut down and had to kind of take charge of everything and, and turn everything around and which is, you know, powerful in and of itself, but she has fucking crushed it since then. And I think such a big part of her crushing it is her willingness to dive in and not only like experiment for herself when it comes to health and all those things, but more than that, her unapologetic vibe when it comes to the things that she coaches and shares about. And, uh, it was funny a couple months ago, I forget what it was, but Jen shared something of mine onto her Insta story. And I've never ever had that many people all of a sudden like flock to my Instagram and start following me. And I think it's just such a testament to how powerful she is and how much her people are rabid and craving and trusting in what she has to say when it comes to all things, not only of course, what she does, but, but other things, you know, me, which is fine. Great. Lovely as well. Right. But like, again, just this unapologetic vibe and I respect, and I appreciate so much how she does business. And so I wanted to bring her on to not only talk a little bit about business, uh, but also all things health and, you know, whatever else comes up. So hello. Sorry for that long introduction, but thank you for being here. You make me sound like a cult leader. (laughs) I mean, you, I feel like I could see it. I could see it. I can fully see it. I'll take it as a compliment. It's it's fully a compliment. Fully a compliment. Take everyone back to where this all started for you in terms of you just not accepting just the norm in terms of health advice and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I always tell this story whenever I'm on podcasts, because I think it's just, it really is running through my blood. It is like a part of who I am and always has been, but I have just been very hyper aware of health for my entire life. Um, My mom was diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis when I was, I think I was about eight years old and she stopped working. And then my dad got diagnosed with his plethora of autoimmune issues um, when I was about 13, I think. So they were, it was very close in time and he got sick really quickly and he had to go off work about a year after his diagnosis, like just nothing worked anymore. His hands didn't work. He was just in so much chronic pain all the time. And so, like I said, from a very young age, I was very hyper aware of health and more specifically poor health and how poor health can turn your life upside down. You know, my mom was a registered nurse and my dad had a good job and, you know, we had just built this new house that was really beautiful. And then all of a sudden we have to sell it and we move into this fixer upper. And I was just like cringing. Like I remember just being young and cringing and then like being like, how, why are we moving here? Like, I don't get it type thing. Right. Which makes me feel awful, obviously now looking back, but just as a young, 
it is really traumatic. And my nonna, if anyone listening is Italian, you know this, but every time you go to Nona's house, she gives you $20 out of her wallet, even though she doesn't have any, any more to give. Um, and I remember being literally 10 years old. Like I, it's like one of those core memories, you know, when people like post on Instagram, they're like, this is a core memory. I'm like, my core memories are traumatic, <laughs> but like my core memory, I remember sneaking down the stairs after coming home from my grandma's house and putting the money in my mom's wallet without her knowing and like sneaking it. Right. Cause I know she wouldn't have accepted it if she knew I was doing that, but like what 10 year old is like stressing over money for her family. Like it is just bizarre. And so I've had this almost like marrying of like health trauma and financial trauma that created kind of this perfect storm that was really hard for a very long time until I was able to kind of manifest both of those things and turn it into, you know, a a successful business, but also a business that really helps women specifically not get to the point that my parents had to get to, right. Or figure out ways to get out of it that my parents didn't figure out when they were, you know, in their late thirties. So that's kind of like, how really I'm like this passionate about it and like how it actually has become like a really big piece of actually who I am from such a young age. I've never heard that part of your story before. And naturally we could talk all day long about the correlation with just like health and money, but I don't know my my takeaway and I want anyone else's takeaway uh, from that just in the most simple form is that no matter what happens, like, well, well, number one, our past obviously dictates how we operate now, which we talked about, you know, on our last episode and all these other things. Uh, but we have the power to just take control and to not accept what we've, what we've experienced or what we have considered normal. And I'll say it again. I just feel like, again, talking about you bouncing back from like the gym being closed or again, all of these health type of things. Like I respect, and I, pre- I appreciate so much about you that like, you're just, you, you refuse to again, settle for the norm or, or, or less than the norm, right. In so many different ways. And, uh, I think it's a, a lesson that we can all take from you for sure. Well, thank you. And I mean, I feel like anytime we talk, especially when it's recorded, we just end up complimenting each other. That's all we're going <laughs> like to do for the next 40 minutes. Sorry. Everybody. <laughs> but I mean, I appreciate that, but also again, I've told you this many times, like, I feel like you were actually one of the main people in my, I mean, I'm 31 now, but when I started working with you, I was what, 28, 29. Like, I can't believe it's been that long already, but I was not this way. (laughs) I feel like I was deep down, but I was very scared to be that person and like kind of stand and shout it. And like, you really gave me that confidence to kind of own like my gifts and like my passions and my knowledge and my experiences. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate you for that. Am I hearing you correctly that it was like you felt, because what it feels like for me is that it felt easy, quote unquote, for you to empower yourself to be like, I'm not going to settle for the norm again when when it comes to like the health stuff. I'm going to experiment. I'm going to find answers for myself because I'm not going to fucking put myself in a position that I was in. But then actually translating that to being unapologetic and sharing it was like the difficult part. A hundred percent, because I feel like that drive within me to find answers 
came long, long, long before the credentials and the social proof and the testimonials and like me actually doing it. I was just my own biggest guinea pig for the longest time. Right. And so I'm, I, I feel like I'm very self-aware. That's one thing I'll give myself credit for. And I feel like I'm self-aware enough to, I guess, try things and like quote unquote fail, but I see those failures as data <laughs> and lessons, right? And like kind of that analytical side of me, I'm like, well, it's not really a failure because now I know that doesn't work. So I'm not going to do it anymore. Right. And so all to say for a long time, I know I just didn't give up on myself in that way, but then yeah, get, like sharing that with others and kind of not using my clients as guinea pigs, but taking what I guinea pig myself on and giving it to others, I think was, I mean, the imposter syndrome obviously comes in for all of us at some point in our journey. And like when I first started here on the online, in the online space, that was, that was big for me. Like I was really scared to do those types of things. Well, I think I was going to say scientific as you were talking about that, because I think so much of like for all of us, and I struggle with this, with maybe health stuff, whereas somebody else doesn't struggle with, or struggles with the business part of things, but like, it feels, I don't know. It feels comforting to me when I think about you, because I feel like you're somebody who is like, Oh, I'm going to try this. I don't know. I'm not in your house, but like, I'm going to try this supplement and like, I'm going to pay fucking attention to my body and I'm going to see what's changing, what's happening. And I'm going to adjust from there versus again, doing something. And then we want to, you know, feel a million times better four days in, or we want to make a million dollars four days in, and then kind of just like leaving it behind right before it was supposed to about to work or anything like that. Like you're very methodical about and present really to like, okay, what is, and what isn't working, which I think is a, again, a, a note and a, a lesson that we can all take with us to apply to every aspect of our lives. But then of course you have more, you know, we're all our own best clients but then we forget that sometimes, but of course it's natural and normal that like, okay, once your clients started winning, that gives you a little bit more permission to shout it from the rooftops. And then that just keeps going and keeps going. And I think I, you know, I feel like that all the time where I'm like, I just need one more person to, you know, do X, Y, Z to prove this. But like, yes, that, that proof and that the experience is a really big part of all of this and that's okay. And I think sometimes we make ourselves wrong for that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think that, I mean, (laughs) I don't know what direction you want to take this podcast in, but even on the, like the, on the outside looking in, even from a business perspective, obviously a lot of business women and entrepreneurs listen to this podcast and you get a different feeling from the person who's like built a business and is teaching others to do it. And the person who has never done it and decides to teach others. Right. It's, I I feel like there's some congruency that way, right? Like I had to do all those things with myself and even with my parents, right? My parents, any of any of you wondering, my parents are a hundred times better than they were when I was 10 years old and 15 years old. Um, they've had a total turnaround with their health, especially in the last few years. But I had to, I had to put myself through that before I felt comfortable, yeah, to share it with others, right? And so I think it's like, it's like an energy thing too. People can feel it when you're, when you're living what you're actually preaching. Absolutely. It's yeah. It's an integrity thing, all of it. And I also think that you are somebody who, I don't know, I think you sniff out bullshit and I think that's the presence piece, right? Like you're paying attention. Yeah. And a lot of people aren't paying attention. Yeah. I can sniff out bullshit. I mean, 
my partner might say otherwise. He thinks I'm totally gullible and naive, but in certain capacities. But I mean, I always used to say I could never be like a sugar baby. Um, I like totally respect women who can hustle that, but like you would know all over my face how disgusted I was. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll like convince myself every once in a while that I'm like, I can, I can do this. I can play this game. I'm like, I know I can't like, I can just accept that about myself. That's okay. (laughs) We get to use our strengths in business. That's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Totally fine. Okay. So with that, then we're speaking about embodiment and we're talking about, let's say again, this female entrepreneur who's listening to this right now, and she is eager to balance the hormones, feel better. Like I know a big thing you talk about obviously is like stress on our system. And that's not only just like mental stress, but stress from the things that you're eating and ingesting and that don't, you know, aren't good for you. If somebody is feeling like shit, or maybe just not as good as they possibly could feel. And they want to be that living, breathing example of success, including of course, with their health, what is your first piece of advice? Like what do you want them to know? And what, what do they need to hear right now? Okay. Well, I, I feel like, and again, this can be applied to business. So if you're like not into the health thing and you want to just make this relatable to business, go for it. I always tell women, and we are in this climate where we are all very anti-diet culture. And we're like, I don't want to count macros and I don't want to count calories. And I get it. Either do I. Um, But in saying that, I also feel like we have jumped from being totally numb and uh, detached from our experiences mentally as well to wanting to be super intuitive. And there is this huge gap in between that. And I see this with clients all the time where, again, they've done the calorie counting. Now they're super triggered by it. They never want to do it again, or they've been on hormonal birth control and they've literally not experienced their own hormones for 10 years. And they get off the pill and all of a sudden they're like, well, I, I want to know what my cycle's like. I want a perfect period. I want to, you know, not be bloated. And they miss this part of intention that comes in the middle. And again, even with intuitive eating, it's very buzzy. Like, let's just eat intuitively. What does your body want? And I believe that I am very intuitive with it, with my diet, with my health, but I had to first be intentional. Right. And again, a lot of people want to skip past the intention and we can't go from this detached space, whether it's with our health or our business or our lifestyle. And then all of a sudden the next day, make a decision like all all the, all the answers are going to come to me. Right. Again, we see it with business coaches, all this intuitive woo-woo stuff. I'm woo-woo. I love that shit. But you can't woo-woo and manifest yourself to success. There's got to be intention. There's got to be action, right? And then you can kind of move like, I'm sure you're the same. I don't know about you, actually. I feel like you're a little bit more organized than me, which isn't saying much. But for me, I'm not very organized. And I feel like I can kind of, to a certain extent now, go off my intuitive feelings in terms of launching and, and what I want to talk about today and, and make it that way. But when I worked with you, you were like, we're going to post six times a day. We're going to give, we're going to ask, like we're going to do all those things. Right. And we had to be intentional kind of rambling right now. But the thing is, is we have to, when it comes to our health, we have to take that as well. We have to be intentional. We have to eat breakfast. We have to balance our blood sugar. We have to not forget that, 
you know, lunch is around the corner and we haven't eaten already. We have to be intentional about not chugging six coffees just because we're launching. Right. And so all to say, I think one of my big messages with my clients is teaching them that, yeah, the intention sucks while you're doing it. People don't want to count calories to see how much they're eating. People don't want to, you know, put in their calendar a reminder to eat lunch. You don't want to do that. You don't want to live that way, but you need to build that intention first and then move that move into that intuitive space where you can actually listen to your body and understand what she is basically asking for. I love everything you said so much. And I also think the whole uh, intention before in- intuition like needs to be a program name or something. <laughs> Just a side note, because that's where my brain goes. But I, lo- I love the way that you said all of that. And I like the word that comes up for me is foundation. It's, you know, I'll talk to clients who it's like, yes, like I want to like, you know, manifest and I want to, you know, journal all day long and I want to make money. And like those things help you of course, but they help you when you have a solid foundation of what the fuck to do, because those things on their own aren't going to help you. And just again, like I teach the platforms and giving and asking and so on and so forth. And like what you are saying, and like, I'm, I can fully admit because health has always been a triggering thing for me, it feels like I've had to really learn how to be normal because everything makes me feel like abnormal when it comes to like, if we're talking about calorie counting, it just makes me feel like I'm this weirdo, but like it's science. And we have to come back to these foundational principles that we apply to our daily, our day. And again, you're right. It's not fun, but like, neither is feeling like shit. And so like, I think against a lot of us, feel like, because we've been in a place of lack, it's like, if you've never had money and then all of a sudden, like you have, you you are doing things that make you feel like you have to keep your money organized. It can feel like, Oh God, this is always my story. This is always a struggle. And it's like, no, everybody has to fucking do this. It's not just you. And again, like those, those foundational pieces when it comes to health, I don't know. I think that's like such a good reminder. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like as well, a lot of people get stuck in this cycle of I mean, comparison, we can talk about comparison all day, but for example, when I first started working with you, sure. I would compare myself. I I wouldn't even necessarily compare myself to you, but I would dream to be in your position. Right. And that was fine. But I also had to really bring myself back and think, no, she's been doing this for five years longer than me, you know, and that is why I've paid you to teach me these things. And so again, with social media and Instagram, and especially when you get into this cycle of just following a bunch of health people and they're all saying different things a lot of the time and you're getting overwhelmed and confused, but then you're also comparing yourself. I have to remind my clients all the time, all the time, you are comparing your chapter one or your chapter two to my chapter 10, right? And I used to count macros and I used to get triggered by that stuff. And it set me down a huge dark hole for a long time. Right. I even posted about this on my story the other day. I don't know if you saw it because someone, anyways, some troll was telling me that I was spreading misleading information about eating enough because I tell women to eat, God forbid. And anyways, you know, people, people tend to forget when they've hired a coach or they have a mentor, they have someone they're looking up to, or they're following someone that again, this person is posting based on their experience that has come years and years before. Right. And so again, with the intention, we need to be, 
I, I maybe I'm not as intentional as I was three years ago and I'm more intuitive, but they, they want to skip that part. Do you know what I mean? Like they want to skip the intention and just blame it on their triggers. And I'm not saying that triggers are invalid because they definitely are. And I, I work with women all the time who are triggered about their health and that has become their story. But like you said, like we kind of have to look at it from a scientific perspective when you're like calories are literally science. We do have to like almost detach from that emotion and look at it from a very analytical perspective. Like I tell my clients all the time, I want you to count calories, not because I'm going to like rip into you about what you're eating. Like it's more so because I know you're under eating and that's why you're anxious or that's why you're waking up in the middle of the night to pee five times, right? I know this is why. And so I need that data, not to shame you, not to trigger you, but for us to be like, okay, what can we change? How can we build upon this foundation and make it stronger, right? You've built a house on rickets. Now we need to build a house on cement, right? And so again, it's like kind of just these, there's so much mindset shifts that need to happen when, and I know you know this, when you start working on your health. Be, yeah. Sorry. I, I was going to say it's, I was going to say it's interesting in that we've almost gotten tricked, if you will, into believing it's all mindset, right? Cause it's like, we're trying to, again, we're trying to find the mindset answer. There have been so many times in my business, even as of recently, like, I'm not proud to say this where I'll like, I'll be like, why isn't it like this working? Or why don't I have more sales? I'm like, Oh, I didn't fucking show up for a week. Or like, it's like, I forget, like I'm trying to find the mindset or the energetic answer. And like, it can be easy to almost forget that I didn't do the practical steps. And so, yes, like your feelings and your triggers are so incredibly valid with all of this. And, and I'm saying this not to like to anybody else. Like I'm saying this to myself in, in a lot of cases that like those things are valid, but like at the end of the day, we have to know what the fuck is going on. And you can't do that. If you're, you, again, you don't want to count calories and you're not monitoring anything. Like, how do we expect anything to get better? Those foundational pieces and doing the things are required and crucial. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And again, it's like not skipping that step, not skipping that foundation building, that intention building, doing the things just like building a business, right? You can't come up with a business plan and never put it on paper. You have to actually do it right. And the mindset piece is absolutely huge, but it gets you nowhere. And like, I, I heard someone say, I don't remember who it was, but someone once said the the way you build self-esteem is by doing esteemable acts. And it's stuck with me for so long, ever since I heard that, because you can't journal your way into, you know, taking action. You really can't. You have to take the action. And that reaffirms your own belief that you are an action taker and you're moving forward, right? We can't meditate our way into balanced blood sugar. We have to do the things that balance our blood sugar, right? So again, it's, it's like this, it's this like dance between the mindset, the action and, and having both, because I do think the mindset obviously is huge in the mindset. I mean, I could go into mindset too about, you know, clients are like, or people are like, how are you motivated? Well, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not motivated 95% of the time. I would rather sit on my couch and watch Selling Sunset. Like I would rather do that, but is that going to get me to where I want to be? No, right? Sometimes I will do that. And sometimes I'll say I've made this commitment, whether it's to show up and sell the thing 
or to answer my clients every day, like I promised them, or to get my butt to the gym. I've made that commitment. And again, it's like, again, it's intention. It's like relying on motivation versus commitment. I am not any more motivated than you, than like the next girl, than any of my clients. I am not more motivated than any person I sit in a room with. I am just more committed majority of the time. Right. And that is what the difference is. Oh my God. I love that. And I have so much to say about that. And I think, I think it's really interesting that this is like the pattern that I see. I feel like a lot of the successful entrepreneurs that I know from people I've worked with, whatever, I feel like what has happened for so many of us is, and it feels similar, not that it's not about your success as a business, but also if we're talking about the health thing, I feel like so many of us are these things were born from a place of survival. And it's like, you looked at being healthy as like non-negotiable. It wasn't an option. It wasn't that you were motivated to do it. It was like, there was no other motherfucking choice. It was, it it had to happen. And so you, again, you did the probably masculine things you, you know, just in terms of listening to it, going this way or so on and so forth. Again, we'll use the term foundation, establishing that foundation. And then of course that lends itself to the intuition as you go, as it becomes more normal. And I don't know, I'm just re-stressing that point because I think a lot of people that struggle in business, sometimes they're not coming from a place of survival. They're a little bit too comfortable. I always say that to clients when they have like a part-time job or they have like a spouse that makes money and they don't really need the money. I'm like, you're in the worst place. Like you're actually in the worst place because it's so much easier to struggle. It's, It's so much easier to have to do it. Right. Like you, like the gym closed down, like you weren't motivated to show up online. Like you had no other choice. Yeah. Let's, let's set the scene. Okay. Yeah. I, I own a gym with my partner. It's a very masculine gym too. Like it was like toughest shit workouts all the time. And then all of a sudden it shut down and I'm talking about periods on Instagram. <laughs> like what? Right. Like, did I want to do that? No, it made me want to vomit. Like my skin peeled off at the thought of randomly shutting down my gym. Hey guys, do you know what a healthy period is? <laughs> They're like, I'm what sure the that's fuck? just how you said it. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> I, yes. I love that. But again, it was survival, right? Me and my boyfriend, we both own the gym. Me and my boyfriend as of March fucking 28, 2020, whatever it was, had no income. You know what I mean? Like we had to do that and put matter, put, put something else on top of that is I had rent to pay still for a gym that was shut down. And my boyfriend two months later ran out his visa, his work visa ran out and we had, I had sponsored him and it had, it wouldn't have gone through until that next February. So he was literally not allowed to work for 11 months. It was all me, baby. I was like, I have no choice because we are going to starve and my poor cats are going to starve. <laughs> I'm like, that's not happening. I'm starving before my cats starve. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. I, I never knew that part about your boyfriend not working. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was a shit show. I mean, the first five years that we were in Canada, he, it was like work visas, not work visas, like working for cash, doing sketchy jobs. And then not like, it was a shit show. So I was very much in my masculine. I I mean, I still am, um, begrudgingly, but I was very much in my masculine for a very long time, just getting shit done because I had no other choice. Really. I had no other choice. And I mean, again, it can relate back to the health. Like you said, like 
I was definitely not at the point where my parents were at, where they had these diagnosable autoimmune diseases, but you know, I saw it coming. (laughs) I saw it coming. I remember being in and out of doctor's offices at the age of 24 thinking, what the hell is 34 going to feel like? What is 44 going to feel like? I know I am headed down the same, the same path. And I, I mean, I'm a very stubborn Virgo. Um, and I just literally, there was, there was literally no other option for me. I would not, I, I would not succumb to that. Can you speak then to the woman who, cause here's the thing. And I say this, you know, again, sometimes myself where it's like, oh, I don't have to work out or I don't have to, like, I can have this, whatever thing, but like, naturally we all know, especially with personal brands, the healthier we are. I know if I show up looking healthier and looking more energized, I'm going to make more fucking money. And I also know that like, if I were to continue working the way that I have previously, where like it was, you know, way longer hours, way less sleep, all that kind of stuff. I know that I would be sick soon or if not already. Right. And so I don't know. I just want to speak to the person who's maybe not prioritizing their health and just working their life away and putting the, this foundation, putting, putting all of the, the, the taking care of themselves on the back burner. And again, just speak to like why they've kind of got to get in masculine mode almost a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think for me too, I'm like a very futuristic person and it has served me well, but it also is not the best at times. I mean, with business, it's like, I'm never celebrating myself. Like I, I I'm interviewing other coaches to hire right now for my team. And I got on a call with a girl last week and she was like, you've built this incredible business. And I literally was like, Oh, have I? (laughs) And she's like, are you high? (laughs) Right. And it's like, it's never enough for me. And I almost, I mean, I'm sure you can relate. And it's almost like we have to take some of that and put it to the perspective of our health, because a lot of people are living in the present too much, almost like you have to have that healthy balance where you're like celebrating yourself and you're in the moment, but you're also like, I'm not going to just pretend the future doesn't exist type thing. And I always used to say this thing, like, well, that's a, that's a problem for future gen. I used to say that all the time. And then future gen had to deal with that problem and I was pissed. Right. Yeah. So, um, I stopped doing that, but to an extent other than taxes, but, um, I feel like you do have to kind of get in this mindset where you are like planning ahead and not living so much in the present. And I also find that so many people don't realize how shitty they feel because they've actually never felt good and they have no comparison. Right. And then all of a sudden you start feeling a little bit better and you're like, I'm never going back there. Right. And that's almost a motivator. And yeah, I I don't even know what else to say about that. I think it's, it's, it's like goal planning ahead. And maybe if you're a mom, take yourself out of it. It's like your kids, maybe hopefully my story has struck a chord with the moms here, right? Because look how my mom's poor health. And like, now that they're better, it was lifestyle. Like looking back, it was life. I was a nineties kid. I was drinking like sunny D and Kool-Aid jammers and Dunkaroos, <laughs> all this shit that was not actually food. Right. And my parents did that as did your parents probably. Right. And I know that it was their lifestyle and look at how much, I mean, I turned out okay. Right. I kind of used it as my motivation to go the other way, but I mean, I love my brothers, but like, they didn't go that way. You know what I mean? They 
took that lifestyle on as well. And like, who knows where they're going to be. Right. So even if you're not doing it for yourself, who are you doing it for? Are you doing it for your kids who are watching you? When I was 10 years old, I knew how broke as shit we were. What kind of 10 year old should know that, you know what I mean? And have that stress. And like, remember I used to like, (laughs) now I'm going to get a little emotional for the moms here, but like I used to, I had this little, um, book of prayers that I got on my communion. And I used to go through the book. I remember again, core memory. Um, I used to go through the book at night and I would read one prayer and just pray that my parents would get better every single night as a kid. And again, like maybe you're not doing it for yourself right now, but do it for your kids because they're watching and they're going to learn from you. And it could go not the way you want it to go, right? They always say, your bad health is not genetic, your bad lifestyle is genetic, right? Parents pass down bad habits. They don't pass down bad genes majority of the time. So yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't even remember what the question was, but again, it's like, you really do. It's so cliche. You really do have to find your why and like really, really remind yourself. And when that doesn't work, put on some David Goggins playlists, (laughs) like mentally torture yourself till you do it. No, I think that's so powerful. I'm curious, like when it comes to, I mean, I know there's obviously like a million different things that are way over my head in your toolkit. Uh, but like, if we're talking about like managing your energy as an entrepreneur, right. Because like, I mean, I know like you and I've had conversations, you are super successful. You are super busy. There's a million fucking things going on, which can feel really heavy and really exhausting a lot of times, but obviously you prioritize again, your health and your energy. And so I'm just curious, especially with the energy piece, what are some of your just top things that are really just important to you so that you can do this job to the best of your ability? Um, I go to bed at nine, literally every single night. I'm probably asleep by 10 every day. Uh, uh, If I didn't sleep the way I sleep, I would be so burnt out right now. I also never skip breakfast. I used to skip breakfast at the beginning, uh, like in 2020 when I was first building it. And then by around like 10, 11 AM, I'd be like, I'm so anxious. Why am I anxious? And again, you'd start snowballing. Like, why am I anxious? There's no reason to be anxious. Right. And you'd get yourself in this anxiety hole. And now that I know like low blood sugar feels like anxiety. Now I know I have to eat I have to eat breakfast. Some days I wake up. I'm like, I am not hungry. I'd rather just have a coffee and like start work and forget about it till 10. But I know I literally cannot do that. I have to force feed myself. And that is one of the things where I'm like, the only way out is through when it comes to breakfast. Cause so many women are running off stress and running off adrenaline, running off cortisol that they're like, I'm not hungry. I'm just really good at intermittent fasting. Well, we used to call intermittent fasting, skipping meals, (laughs) but let's call it what it is but you're so stressed out that you don't even feel hungry anymore. Right. And the only way to get that hunger back is to eat and train your body to be hungry again. So eating breakfast and getting to bed on time, 1000, I never work at night ever. Like, even if I have things to do, I'm like, I'd rather go to bed early and wake up early. I will not, not, not get sleep. Like I will just be a zombie. So sleep, eating breakfast, obviously eating enough. I eat steak literally every single day, not medical advice, but I eat steak every single day. I eat very nutrient dense foods. I eat very dense foods, right. That are going to serve me well. I'm not over here sipping like matcha smoothies and things like that, that are just going to like make me hungry in 30 minutes. I eat very dense foods that keep me, keep me going. Um, 
I exercise. I only go to the gym really three days a week. I don't really think you need to do more than that if you're intentional with it and if you're eating well and you're sleeping well. Um, and I noticed actually I stopped going to the gym for about two and a half weeks um, just because Chris's family was over visiting. And I was like, why am I so tired? And then I'm like, oh my God, it's because I'm actually not moving my body. It's like this like catch 22 <laughs> type thing. Um, so yeah, non-negotiable is moving every day and honestly finding, I, I never had one thing that I would rely on to de-stress and some people it's like meditation, some people it's journaling and breath work. And I never felt like I could find my thing. I am a very physical person and the the emotional, I guess, things, mental things never resonated with me. I think they're great for people they work for. It just never landed with me. And I just felt like something was wrong with me because I sucked at meditating and I hated it. And so I had to find physical things that de-stress me. So like Epsom salt baths, I don't know if you've seen my stories, but like, I'm always like, well, stressful day. It's like 2 PM. I'm in the bath, <laughs> right? I like put my red light on and I turn off the lights and I just lay in the bath. And it really does just give me time to like chill out. Um, so I would say sleep, breakfast, eating dense food, stop drinking smoothies all day and thinking it's a meal or eating salads and find that one thing that you can go to when you are feeling overwhelmed, because again, working from home, you never escape your office. It's like always, always there. <laughs> so it's very easy to get into the mindset that you just need to work all the time. And I have to, I have to consciously pull myself out of that. Like, oh, I'm watching Netflix. I might as well like work on my website. It's like, no, just watch Netflix for yeah. God's sake. <laughs> Says the health coach, just watch Netflix. No, like <laughs> absolutely. Like I mean, working from, yeah, working from home in that way, I think is really difficult for a lot of us, like to just be able to like, it's hard to separate and it's hard to uh, like turn off, but it's a fucking decision. Just like going to gym is a decision. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't rely on that motivation. You just have to make the commitment. And you have to stick to it. And again, the only way to build self-esteem is by doing esteemable acts. And esteemable acts mean you put something down on your to-do list and you fucking do it. And then you feel really good about yourself when you can cross that thing off, right? So again, it's actually having the intention of what you're going to do. I'm curious, and this is kind of a different angle, but I've been talking about this a lot lately and I've been working on this a lot. So I'm just curious if you have anything to say about this. I almost feel like it's, I mean, we all heard about it with like, just like upper limiting and all that kind of stuff. But do you think as we're talking about this, because we're talking to, and I'm sure you're talking to in your business, a lot of intelligent women. It's not as though we're talking to people who like, don't get that you have to work out for your body to be in shape. They get it. But I almost feel like, I, I, again, I've been working on this and like thinking about this a lot myself, which is how often we don't want to change the habits because we're almost afraid of who we might be without the struggle that we're familiar with. Um, so I'm curious if that's something that comes up with a lot of your clients. I mean, it comes up with me. <laughs> um, no, I'm sure it does come up with many of my clients. And I almost, again, this is something that I tell them, um, is not to get, uh, not to get attached to a diagnosis. 
I'll have clients messaging me and they'll be like, you just went through my Dutch test. Do you think I have PCOS? And I'm like, why does it matter? Like literally, why does it matter? Because you're still going to have to work on your stress. You're still going to have to heal your gut. You're still going to have to eat breakfast. Like you're still going to have to work out because as soon as you attach so deeply to the girl who has PCOS or endometriosis or infertility, even right. As touchy as a, and sensitive as a top of a topic, it is, you still like, you can't become that person, right? Because then again, your identity is so wrapped up that you don't even know how to move out of it. And the same thing is true for me with like money, I don't know if I ever told you this, but like the first week I properly launched my program as one-on-one, I had all of these signups that I was not expecting. And all of a sudden this big chunk of money got dumped into my bank account. And I literally had a mental breakdown and like hired a therapist. And I remember talking to her like on the consultation. And I was like, I don't know how to be a person who's not broke because I grew up broke. I heard my parents talk poor, like negatively about rich people and like, what are, what are people going to think about me? Right? Like, what are they going to think about me? And I had to go through this whole like identity crisis of going from like, like being so attached to the idea of struggle because it was like honorable (laughs) to, to not struggling in that department anymore. And like, literally freaking out that I was not going to be relatable anymore. Oh my God. I have so many things to say, and this is so interesting. And I feel like when you like, okay, so it's, it's an interesting thing to look at. I can almost imagine, and I'm sure I've done this again, when you were saying like, okay, they sent you the Dutch test and like you, it's almost like they're hoping Mm -hmm. for a diagnosis because then it's honorable. Yeah. And I get it. It's validating. Like everyone wants to be validated, but also at the same time, I can, I've never had a normal lab. I'll say that like, you know, that is the validation in itself. It's like, okay, you're not normal. (laughs) Are you happy? And then they have a breakdown that they're like, am I going to die? I'm like, no, this is what you wanted to me for answers. And I'm giving you answers. Right. But yeah, you're completely right. It's like this it's like this deep attachment to what they think they have or what someone else has told them in the past. And they have to like learn to break through it and almost become again, so cliche, like that next level version of themselves that isn't struggling that way anymore. We, yeah, I just, yes, absolutely. And I feel like our, I don't know, I think for all of us just playing with this concept of how comfortable and attached we are to the being broke or the, the being sick. And not obviously there are very real things. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to like dismiss any of that, but I think for all of us that we are trying to get to this next level, we're always, okay, let's buy the next course. Let's do the next thing. That's going to solve everything for us. And instead of just recognizing that more than more than us wanting to get ahead, we're refusing to let go of what we, what's familiar. Because again, as we're talking about all this, how much of this is actually really simple. Mm-hmm. These women, these, and I'll say these women like me, sorry, you can go to bed at fucking nine o'clock. <laughs> like I can say, if I figured out a lot of other things, I can figure that out. That's exactly. not impossible. Exactly. It is. It is so simple. And people hate me for saying that. And I say it all the time. Health is very simple. It's just not easy. It's not the easy thing to do until it's hard that I will say that it'll get to a point where it's easier 
to wake up and make yourself breakfast than it is to wake up and not be able to pull yourself out of bed and call in sick or lose your job or whatever. Like that, it gets to a point where you have to choose your heart, right? You really do. Is it harder to go to bed at nine and like kind of deconstruct what you used to do at bedtime? Or is it harder to wake up the next day, feel like a complete zombie, not show up? Now your income goes down and has all this knock on effect because you just won't fucking go to bed, (laughs) right? Like choose your heart, choose your heart. Everything's hard in life. You got to choose it. 100%. And I think, uh, so I heard somebody say, I don't remember where it was, but just talking about like the reminder of like what's natural versus normal. Hmm. It might be normal to be broke. It might be normal to feel like shit, but it's not natural. Yeah. It's not our natural way of being. And so embracing, embracing that again, like there's, there are these organic means of changing it outside of the norm. Yeah. And I think as well, like just on that point, it just kind of triggered a thought in me that I think too, we, not only do we become attached to the struggle or like we identify with our diagnosis or who we think we are or who we've always been, we like identify with that. But I also think, again, it's like the people you surround yourself with, right? You can surround yourself with really healthy people. And then all of a sudden being sick is not that normal, right? Or you can surround yourself by a bunch of people who don't care about their health and you're validated and you're the normal one, right? So I see that it's it's funny because in our group chat in my, within my clients, one of them said, one of the, one of the women said last week, like I live in New York city. It feels like everyone just goes out and drinks and goes for dinner. And I can't find friends. Like everyone thinks I'm weird. Right. And all, it was amazing because all these women are like, I'm in New York too. Like, what's your Instagram? Like everyone thinks I'm weird too. And it's like, all of a sudden the weird girl is not weird anymore because she's surrounded by a bunch of women who are like working on their health. Right. And they're into the castor oil packs and like, you know, the liver juice and like all these things. Right. And all of a sudden they are now normal. Right. So again, when I was going through like my money crisis and like re-identifying who I am from a financial perspective, I was listening to you I was listening, like, you know, Chris Harder was a big one for me because I'd listened to his podcast and like the, I haven't listened in forever, but like the opening line is like, when good, when good people make good money, they good do good things. Right. And it's almost like I had to change my whole narrative of how I felt about money to be the person who is okay having money. Because I mean, I haven't really changed as a person. Now I like get to adopt seniors for Christmas and like buy them socks and like, you know what I mean? Like do all those things that I want to do. So evil. (laughs) Right. But it's again, it's like not only breaking away from your own identification of who you think you are, but like also surrounding yourself with the people who, who you want to identify with as well. The willingness to have a different perspective. I think a lot of us, I don't think a lot of us don't try, but I think a lot of us, like a, a lot of us forget that like another option is available. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think like Instagram is so powerful in that way. Like it can be such a, it can be negative if you use it in a negative way. Um, but again, it's all about your intention, right? If you're following people who are like doing the weird woo woo, like health things, 
you're probably going to start doing those things too, because you're not going to feel like you're the only one. I actually, um, I follow this account and he reached 500,000 followers yesterday and he put on his story. Like, this is a huge milestone for us. Cause if you've ever thought you are the weird one for like thinking all these things about health, at least, you know, there's like 499,999 people who are just like you. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> so yes. People are starving. People are starving for what, what we all have to offer. And God, that's just a, a powerful and important reminder that we all need every day. Yeah. When we are too focused on again, like you said, what's right in front of us. Um, I feel like just, I don't know. I want to wrap up just because it's been, I, I never want to keep anybody here. I feel like everyone I've had on, I'm like, we could talk for six hours and I'm going to, you know, try not to, to do that. I know you have to go to bed now, but, <laughs> but oh, it's getting I, close to my bedtime, Sarah. Grandma Jen's got to go. No, I'm totally kidding. Totally on board with the 9 p.m. Uh, no, but I feel like, and for the record, she's laughing. She muted herself. So I don't want anyone to think that she got mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I feel like to sum this up again, I'm sure like I'll have you back. Cause I want to talk about a lot of this in more depth, but like, I just think that it's a powerful reminder, Jen being here that like, we don't have to normalize so many of the, the struggles and the, again, the feeling like shit and the feeling less powerful than we actually are meant to feel just because we're an entrepreneur or just because we're, you know, humans living in this day and age, we don't have to do that. And like some discipline and some simplifying, I think goes a really long way. And I love, love, love what you said about just intention before intuition. Mm -hmm. I think that's so powerful. Well, thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you for being here. We'll obviously drop all of the things in terms of like links and so people can connect with you, but uh, Jen has just like a ton of really incredible programs, everything from working on fertility with women to gut resets, all of these kind of things that I don't really fully understand, but I know she has a lot of incredible things <laughs> and resources. So again, we'll link to all of those. And so, yeah, I'm so happy that you were here. Thank you. And I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would really, really, really appreciate it if you took the time to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps the show a ton and I would be super grateful. 